<sighs> Welcome back to the Keenan Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hi, Cal McDonald. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, are we on a field trip today? Uh, we are on a field trip. I love doing field trips. And we're in, we're in somewhere where we, where we have recorded before. And we're just four guys hanging out in a hotel room. I know. It's not dodgy at all. Not at all. Don't worry about that. Callum, put your pants back on. Yeah, please put your pants back on. <laughs> I was are, comfortable. All right. Yeah, we are recording where we've recorded a few episodes here uh, at the Kimpton Gray Hotel with our wonderful friends Noah and Bobby. This time we're a little closer than last time. True, yeah, true. Jesus, I'm right. Did we, did we record more than one podcast here? This will be number two. This is, is number two, yeah. All right. We were in that the spare room down the, the stairs the with the pool table and stuff. It was really there. nice. I've just spent so many times, uh, so much time here building cocktails this winter that I've all, I've lost all track of time of recording <laughs> or not recording or making cocktails. So yeah, it is now October, Jake. I, I was actually going to say September, so <laughs> I'm glad you reminded me of that. I appreciate that. Thank you, Noah. Well, the only reason I know is I celebrated a birthday last week. So. Hey, oh, hey! Happy birthday! Was it your birthday? My birthday, yes. Oh. Cheers, man. The big old three eight. The three eight. Cheers to the three eight. Let's get the clink in there. Oh. That sounds good. Yeah. What are we drinking, Noah? We're drinking the Aberlauer Ten Year, which is not available stateside. Oh wow, it's so much different. It is a oh. special import that I brought with me two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago when I was uh, visiting Scotland. Still got the old label? Yeah, the, yeah. Was that the original bottle shape of just the 10? I don't know why, I don't know why the we'll 10 is shaped like that. Bottle, but yeah. I don't know why the, the 10 is shaped like that, but um, the 12, 16, 18, the Abuna, etc., they've all had this kind of sort of short and chubby shape for ages, but the right. 10 has been like this for the last six years. As long as, I, like, as, long as I've been sort of aware of Aberlour, the 10's always had that shape and the 12 and the rest of them haven't. Is it only sold in Scotland or other parts of Europe? No, it was the volume driver in Aberlour's biggest market, which was La France. Mm. Um, but it's never come over to the United States, and I think... Well, that's why it's that bottle shape. I think part of it is because they wanted to keep the 12-year-old, the you know, the, the, the lowest in the range in the United right. States, right? Whereas, like, I think, honestly, in France, I think the 10-year-old's like 28 euros a bottle or something. Mm. But... There's a reason I think that the, that the ten is done so well, um, and it's like it's basically just kind of a dumbed down version of the Aberlour twelve year old. Like mm-hmm. it's double cast matured as well, but it's just so easy drinking. We were talking about this the other night. It's just such a great session whiskey, you know. Uh, it's really special. It's a great drama. Well, welcome back to the Aberlour podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the premier Aberlour podcast. Now with Aberlour not in the mix. No, actually, title. just this morning I was reading an article in Forbes about how luxury spirits are up twenty five percent this year in sales. Yeah. Um, which I think fits in very nicely to what uh, we are potentially going to be talking about here this e- this evening. Yeah, look on your face, Calum. I don't know if it was a good or a bad look. Of, it was good. It was, it was like disgust. I was like, damn. Yeah, the 10's just so delicious. It's so good. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting. Thanks yeah. for bringing it, Noah. It's insane. Yeah, Noah, you've been on the podcast before talking about Smooth Ambler. Um, why we should be building on premise and not off premise <laughs> in the long heated discussion in my basement <laughs> last winter. Uh, and. Um, uh, talking about rabbit hole. Yeah, that's well. right. Oh, on the, on the roof event. deck. Yeah. Yep. Do you have a favorite one? 
that I worked with. <laughs> no podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Probably the basement. No, that was a an arousing good time. It was a heated heated debate. <laughs> a heated debate if we should I'll be have to take, I'll have to take your guys' work you for it. Did you say arousing? I said arousing. 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 It's almost the same as arousing four guys in hotel room. Hotel room. <laughs> yeah. It all comes back full circle. Um, yeah, that was some uh, shithousery, if you will, yeah. on that discussion. I think that was number four of that night. I think that was podcast four of that that night. Well, that was the well. By the time I turned the podcast on, yeah, because I had left to go move my car for like twenty, thirty minutes, and you guys were still going at it. So I just pushed record, and the mics kind of picked it up. Is that the the twelve days of whiskey, or well, that's how it started? Yeah, yeah. Twelve we were, days of bottle. We picks. were doing smooth ambler. Twelve days of barrel picks. Twelve days of barrel picks. We gotta start doing that already. <laughs> Damn, that I, got, I, I got to start taking some kind of supplement for my liver if we're going to do that. Again. Well, maybe we don't record eight podcasts in one day. That's probably the best plan. <laughs> I'm, I am recording two podcasts on Monday, so I'll let you know how that goes. That's good. And then we've got Bobby Gonzalez. How are you, Bobby? I'm very good, guys. Thanks for having me again. I mean, you you were on the podcast once upon a time. Um, yeah, you were on the podcast once upon a time. Uh, and we were just recording down the stairs. Um, but some things have changed since then. So why don't you guys kind of elaborate a little bit on that for anyone that's interested um, in entrepreneurial movement in the liquor business. This is going to be a really interesting part. So Bobby, take it away, man. Yeah. Hey, boys. Thanks for thanks for having us on again. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to say it's very grateful and counting my blessings to be able to do this again and still talk about things that we're passionate about so yeah, um, yep. cheers, cheers to us and um you know things here they definitely look different than they looked uh, the last time we talked uh i know we had no outlets open as far as r&b goes um, and now we have four outlets open so we're able to reopen our restaurant which is a rooftop retractable bar um we were able to reopen our lobby bar starbucks in our building reopened the protein bar in our building reopened so seeing more life in here which is awesome yeah and um, i think last time you know there was very few people staying in the hotel yeah. and i think you're full this weekend yeah we're full we have two weddings in house um we marathon this weekend the marathon this weekend high rates uh Good. we'll take it man we'll take it. i think i think the name of the game for this has been just figure it out as we go man right. um you know fuck complaining we'll just figure it out um and, and complain a little bit but. yeah i mean we we can all always have something to complain about pre-pandemic post-pandemic right. during yeah. pandemic uh so the fact that we made it this far is uh it's really great cool. and we kept a lot of the same team which is impressive right and so right around that same time you were developing these uh cocktails to go program um with the concierge desk here I think we talked. We definitely talked about it on that episode back in August, and now it's becoming larger. Yeah, uh, it's it's exploded, which is incredible. Um, you know, with the help of Noah, uh, we've been able to start a business uh, called Bespoke Beverage. Uh, essentially, because we we love this uh, and we still do, and we see that this is uh, a need area and a place where revenue is can be exploited and stories can be created and it's been fun we're in we're in movie theaters now we're in restaurants we're in hotels uh it's been two countries two countries three states three states um and growing and growing um we just got another lead today so 
Uh, we're excited. Uh, but essentially, in a nutshell, we see these to-go cocktails as, as a, a vessel for not only storytelling, but to you know show pride in, in what you do as, as far as food and beverage goes. Um, so, yeah, man. Let's go back to the very beginning. So if people hadn't listened to that podcast, I don't know, know what episode number it was, but it was back in early August of 2020. Um, when we recorded that podcast. 70s, 80s, maybe. Yeah. Was that 2020? Yeah, yeah, August 2020. All right. Once again, I don't know the time and <laughs> dates. But uh, what was the original idea and birth of the cocktail to go? Uh, so the cocktail to go at the Gray Hotel, how it started was, um, uh, how do you say it? Uh, very original. Um, so essentially when the pandemic first happened, uh, we lost all of our you know restaurant and bars. Um, but we stood open. Uh, as a place for shelter um, for the city of Chicago. So we never closed. Um, I want to say one third of Chicago hotels closed during the heart of everything. Um, And we were one that stood open. Uh, We were housing like maybe eight to 12 guests a day, if that. And um, during those times, right, we were just coping with what was happening every day and like the new things that would develop and just kind of take it as it come. But eventually, you know, we're taking in guests and we're thinking like, hey, let's think hospitality again let's think serving again let's think anticipating needs again and um when we were talking to these guests you know you got down to a level of like how can i help you again and this became one of them so uh, of course people were coming in super stressed out by traveling and super stressed out by what has changed in the world etc so what do you want you want a cocktail and um, I've had this relationship with Noah for uh, probably two years prior to the pandemic of doing activations that were really fun throughout the hotel that were different and you know captivating for hotel guests to just engage in conversations, whether it's about Aberlauer or um, just how do you build a margarita? It's my first time. Because um, yeah, so- I remember we met. We met doing an activation similar to that. We were doing penicillins. Yeah, yeah, the penicillins. Um, I think, where was that? It was at the... The Palomar. Uh, the Palomar. Yes, the Palomar. So that, that was when I first met you. That was October 2019. Exactly. Which is, you know, case in point is um, I was kind of fostering those relationships before any of this happened. Yeah. And when we lost all these outlets... I like reverted back to that. I was like, man, I let me lean on these guys and There's see. There's got to be something. Yeah. Something support how here. can we do this? Um, so I saw really quickly overseas that hotels and restaurants were pivoting to to-go cocktails uh, because, of course, Europe got hit harder um, before we did. And I leaned on Noah and said, like, hey, dude, can we can we do a to-go cocktail for the hotel? And he's like, hell yeah, he's we like, can cha-ching. do that. <laughs> Let's go. I think the the pivotal moment for for us was that, but also not doing what everybody else was doing, mm. which was your traditional cocktails, your Manhattans, your old fashions, your Negronis, right? It's like how can we spice it up? Do something that's a little bit more creative, a little bit more creative, but also you know touching on what you're seeing out in the market which was these low ABV, mm-hmm. you know, type cocktails. And, and so we started brainstorming and we sat down over the course of the next couple of weeks and uh, we came up with what today is the concierge cocktail. 
one thing I liked about it the best too was the storytelling aspect about how you had the faces of the people who were working at the hotel were still here, you know, as the pandemic was going and you had eight mm-hmm. to 12 guests, but they were the ones still serving those guests and taking care of those guests. And you put them right front and center on the bottle. And it was, it had that more personal connection to it. Yeah. Good point, man. Uh, so yeah, the, the idea came about that way, but then when we wanted to stay true to who we, who we are and, you know, still have that human element, that um, you know, people like yourselves will attract you and, and sit and listen to and say like, oh, who, who the hell is this on this bottle? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's actually me. <laughs> or that's you know, Crystal, our director of housekeeper. That's Alexis, or that's Nabil. Um, so we wanted to keep that human touch element in a world that was obviously quickly dividing really fast. Yeah, um, so. I think to to piggyback on that, you know, people were looking for something to believe in mm-hmm. or somebody to believe in you know somebody that they could like my boy dt donald trump oh (laughs) (laughs) big time big time um and that really you know brought an additional element to these cocktails where it's like wow these people are are working during this pandemic they're at the hotel they're you know there's no staff here other than a core group of people they're putting all their effort every single day for guests to stay here the very few guests that were around and i think that you know the human element this like reason to believe uh it just it really brought the the cocktails to life and from there no when bobby first approached you about it how were you like well how how will we make this different than your standard cocktails to go not standard cocktails to go but standard cocktails that then are placed into a bottle so um we focused on trends Hmm. and you know sort of that um the white claw the high noon oh speaking my language now yeah (laughs) Uh, we saw that that was really on trend and we wanted the cocktails to be very approachable for the guests at the time that were staying in the hotel um, we wanted them to be very sessionable, so we wanted people to be able to enjoy more than just one. And we wanted guests not to have to water them down or have to yeah. put them over ice, or we wanted it just to be a very easy experience and enjoyable experience for, uh, for anybody purchasing them. And so we, we leaned on, uh, on that, and we came up with essentially a boozy soda. Mm. And that was a lot to do with Danny as well from Ready Beverage? Yeah. Uh, so our, our syrup partner, uh, Danny at Ready Beverage, um, he creates all of our syrups for us, and he does an incredible job uh, with helping us concept them out and executing the syrups. And so, you know, the, the execution is very simple. It's a, a base spirit, this uh, f- uh, freshly made syrup from natural ingredients, uh, and then soda water. Mm-hmm. And then, and then remember going back to the market. The market changed, you know, really quickly, uh, and we we knew that. We realized that 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 we weren't serving the same guests. So you know, we're all uh, you know spirit connoisseurs here. We all like to discover new things and um, I'm try. A white claw connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonetheless, if I'm I believe it's white claw connoisseur. <laughs> But if I'm serving a you know an eight ounce Boulevardier to a client or a guest at the time that's you know traveling spending ninety nine dollars or that's not just looking for something that 
they've never heard of, um, but something that's more approachable and, um, you know, had keywords like rose water, hibiscus, mm-hmm. uh, coconut, rhubarb, and it just seemed more approachable at that time. And people were like, oh, you know, tell me more. I think the Jake touched on this, but the, the stories, right, was like, I think that was also something that was completely, not completely unique. I'm sure that was happening elsewhere. However, your typical bar on the corner, they were doing talk, cocktails to go, right? They were doing Manhattans and whatever, whiskey sours, I don't, whatever it might have been to go. But the thing that I thought really separated you guys was, first of all, the presentation of the bottle. It came in these like beautiful, like dark bottles. It had this kind of hey, like- we got one here. Yeah, oh, <laughs> here's one we prepared earlier. Um, and it had this, it had this- um, Mystique. Yeah, like almost like mad scientist kind of thing yeah. to it with the dark bottle. Um, they were involving Danny, so yeah. I mean, the mad scientist was there. <laughs> he was definitely working away in the background. But also like a, it's kind of steampunky, yeah. you know, like it had that sort of darkness to it that I loved and then, when Noah started, like, because Noah ran a couple of the idea, like, a couple of the designs by me, when we started seeing these, the, the phenomenal, like, artistic impressions of people, and then you could read the story, like, a little, like, kind of little, little blip snippet, on them. Yeah. And it, it just completely changed it, right? Because not only did it, not only was it really accessible, really easy to drink, but people really believed that they were helping out, and they really, and they were, you know? Absolutely. You know, whether it was someone, because I remember there was a a really good one from a woman in Cleveland. I think it was one of the Kimptons in Cleveland, and she was on it, and I saw that one, and I was just like, why wouldn't someone buy that for ten bucks? You know, I mean, or or whatever, whatever the cost of it was. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great program. Um, So these started here, and then evolved into other Kimptons across the country, correct? Correct. Yes. So we're in Cleveland, uh, Toronto, um, and a few other hotels here in Chicago. Um, but we're also in a movie theater in Atlanta and uh, steadily growing from there. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask. So, in August or summer of 2020, you started making these and selling these, correct? Summer of 2020, yeah. Yes. And then it evolved where the city opened back up in the fall um, for a brief period of time. Correct. Did you see like an, an increase in sales then, or we did new people coming in to buy them to go to take them to parties or to their houses yeah. themselves? Good question. Um, and that I think is what has been so awesome about this beverage program is that it it has only grown as uh, we progress through the industry and it, and it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's an amenity, it's an offering that is uh, uh, a filling a need area. It's um, a rare indelible mark to have this cocktail to go to stay because other bars are still trying to do it in some capacity, but it really just faded out because they found out people were more about taking a cocktail to go to, to go home at the end of the night from the bar versus coming to the bar to take them back for the weekend. True. This is, that's something that Bobby and I have talked a lot about is you know, how much creativity bars and restaurants and hotels have really put into their to-go cocktail program. Um, and I think that's really been one of the reasons that these have stuck around for such a long time. Mm. You know, it's everything from the you know, the cocktail inside the bottle, the label, the design. Everything is so custom to every single account that it tells the story for the account instead of just putting out a Manhattan. Yeah, we might, you know, XYZ restaurant might make an incredible Manhattan, but at the end of the day... It's just a Manhattan in a bottle. Mm-hmm. 
And one thing I think as well to touch on that and to piggyback on that is the consistency that you guys have cracked these out, right? I remember even months and months and months after we were sitting outside at River Roast and this must have been as the, this was in 2021 and we were it was just as the weather was getting nice or whatever and we were all sitting outside at River Roast and you guys had another one going and even though we were at lunch you guys were discussing like the labeling and like you were you're drafting and redrafting the blurb right and i think what often what happened at the beginning of the, the pandemic and and we saw it consistently happen in bars especially you know all of the three of us like that working closely with bars was that bars had these great ideas right they had these great creative powerful ideas that were really dragging people in but the consistent effort of doing it week in and week out and coming up with these new creative ideas, changing the cocktails, changing the syrup, changing the ingredients, you know, it got too much. Whereas like you guys every single month, I think it is, I think you do monthly releases, right? So every single month it's been something brand new and you've come at it with the same sort of gusto as the as the first one. And if not, they're actually getting better, if anything, right? That's a, that's a great point, man. And that's the, that's the goal in life, right? Is everything gets better as you go. And uh, we have proven that, that um, not only has our bottling process uh, been refined, yeah. uh, but the actual cocktail taste itself has gotten a lot better um the actual label is more because so luxury much and error there at the beginning exactly right? yeah and we learned mm. uh at the beginning we were printing labels and the label was running <laughs> the, the ink was running on the labels <laughs> so it was like a picture of me but i was like crying in black <laughs> oh wait do you wear mascara sometimes because your eyes are running bro in this label yeah so um yeah album. <laughs> the, the consistency has been key and to prove on how much it's grown we went from bottling a hundred at a time to now bottling 600 at a time um so that it, like it has been tremendous but um where did that jump take place um when we started putting out classics um some cocktails were just such hits yeah. that we realized you know what this is your muse um for your location this is what your clientele likes um, because that makes more sense for you guys. So we've been able to put out classics now, which is awesome. Yeah, and you know, obviously bars, and they still are today, which is sad. They're running on skeleton crews. And part of the reasons why I think the Cocktail to Go program also didn't work, they just didn't have the manpower to market them. 100%. From a week to week to month to month basis where Facts. it's ever changing. How did you guys market it? That's a good question. Um, no, to no fault at restaurants, just because of exactly what you said. At yeah. restaurant and bars, they just they didn't have the manpower, um, and you know who had this time? Everyone's working on skeleton crew. Um, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but man, but we we busted our ass to do this. You know, I, I worked a full time job while I was doing this as well. Um, we we're finding that I mean, every we, moment we could, yeah, the free so time that we had. We're waking we were like up at six, 6 o'clock in the morning doing yeah. bottling sessions. We're night bottling at some points. Um, our days off, we were flying to other markets. I mean, you know, any any opportunity we yeah, had. Did you, you went down to Atlanta or something, right? Some stage mm -hmm. and bought like a couple of thousand cocktails or whatever. Did you see a little spike when WGN ran things about you guys? When I believe so. Press? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I, I still think... Um, I still, I don't, I still don't think we we've peaked. You know, I I think we're we're gradually uh, growing. Um, more and more awareness is 
coming to the program, which is awesome. I think it's because of the realization of how creative you can get with it. And, um, you know, we're releasing a new cocktail uh, next week here at the Gray. And it's crazy how it has evolved here. You know, we went from featuring staff members to now featuring historical members of our community. Yeah. Um, because we've we've created a platform now that that can raise awareness for several several things. Which right. Is awesome. The charity aspect shouldn't be lost in this too. A hundred percent. Yeah. We we've donated to charities from the sh- local Chicago Hotel Concierge Association to the local restaurant community via support staff to uh, leukemia to the next will be for the John Lewis Foundation for Social Injustice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And if people, so if anyone's listened to this and they want to get involved, either they run a place, they're looking to get some bottles done, or they want to buy one, how do they do that? Good question. So you could definitely go support at any of our accounts. Uh, we're here at the Kimpton Gray Hotel, uh, the Hotel Monaco in Chicago, uh, the Royal Sinesta um, Allegro Hotel. Uh, if you're ever down in Atlanta, we're at Silver Spot Cinema. <laughs> and then if you ever make it up to Toronto, we're at the Kimpton St. George in Toronto. Um, and then how you can work with us, um, I'll, of course, drop my email uh, at the end of this podcast. It's it's really simple. It's super creative. Um, we do all the heavy lifting. You just literally give us a little direction. and 100% turnkey turnkey 100 percent, and we just bring it to life and it's fun you know it is what you make it uh, such as life um have fun with it and uh it'll give you something to be proud of in your business when did you guys start to see this more as a whole business opportunity versus a way of making money when the hotel really isn't open that's a good question um when that was a there was a real evolution there right Right. yeah it's a great question because like I definitely saw it with you right. where like obviously I worked almost daily with Noah and there was almost like I feel it was maybe over over the winter period Could you quickly explain your two relationship oh sorry so I Noah and I are bo- lovers <laughs> oh this is your this is your this is why, you guys are, <laughs> why you're holding hands right now put your pants back on man put your pants back on man um, so you and I were, we're co-workers we actually previously worked together we were once co-workers at Pernod Ricard um, but I suppose like since even since I moved to Chicago we've been very close like working yeah, together very good closely. friends uh, Noah um, not only was a, a key account manager with Pernod but you love Aberlauer right so we were always working together we're doing different activations and then outside of that we we're really good friends as well so um, I saw kind of from a second hand how much of an impact this was having on you not just because like there were days when it was like six o'clock at night and we were hanging out and you were like man i, I gotta go home like because i'm absolutely wiped and i'm like why and you're like because well i was up at 5 30 this morning to pull the cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> but then i suppose that was probably when i started to notice you know that you were putting in so much effort outside of work and there was so much going on that it became a little bit more serious for both of you guys right yeah and, and from an operation side of things it you know we really wanted to streamline this for accounts mm. and we wanted to make it really easy for them and so instead of having the accounts go out and and purchase you know the caps from one place the labels from another place the bottles from another place 
possibly go pick up the bottles if the order wasn't large enough to ship you know and and that was something that that Bobby and I had discussed for you know for a while and um, you know and then Bobby took it upon himself to um, to start this company uh, to help streamline everything and so everything really is just filtered through uh, bespoke beverage we're taking pictures right now of Aberlauer And, you know, for me as well, because Bobby, this, and this kind of brings us into the next question, the next big question. Before the pandemic, um, and this was one of the reasons that we worked at the Palomar, and then we had a relationship after that. Noah obviously invited me along and stuff, but I was super interested at the time. All of this kind of is encompassing in this idea of concierge drawer, yeah. right? So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, because that started way up well before the pandemic. Sure. And obviously that's completely morphed now, but yeah. it kind of runs in tandem with bespoke beverage, doesn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, we're, and this is why Noah and I partner so well is we are scrappy entrepreneurs. Um, we know we get what we get back what you put into it. Right. Yeah. And this is why we bottle at six o'clock in the morning. Um, Concierge drawer is essentially what bespoke beverage is. Um, it's a disruptor in an industry. Um, it's a neat area. We fill a void, and we also fix something that was wasn't working. Uh, so concierge drawer essentially is it's not rocket science. We, we took a paper promotion and we turned it into a digital promotion. Uh, for anyone that has no idea what that means, uh, I work in a hotel and commonly neighborhood businesses stop into hotels and drop off small flyers or promotions or coupons for their businesses in order for hotel concierge or representatives to discount codes exactly all discount that sort passes of stuff. free appetizers skip the line yeah complimentary drink you know if you're going to have a business especially downtown your best business is going to be the neighborhood business around you 100 percent so it's really typical for restaurants to you know try to get the business of the neighborhood first um, so I've been a concierge for 13 years now and I've seen many of these promotions <laughs> I've seen many of these marketing materials dropped off to me um, you know at no fault of these businesses it's just very difficult to keep track of all of these different pieces of paper all these different marketing promotions sometimes they expire sometimes you, you take it there they don't know what the hell it is etc so and there's also this thing as well right where like or the way that i was i was it was explained to me was that you know the concierge used to stand at one of these little kind of boxes and then you would open the drawer and in the drawer was just mountains upon mountains of just shitey pieces of paper that say like kind of say five dollars off and then there's a bunch of terms and conditions and your thought was like right screw this like there's a way simpler way to do this let's take all of that information put it put it onto a digital platform and instead of someone having to worry about oh where's that five buck coupon that i had or or the skip the line coupon they go into their phone and they're like okay so you know bobby gonzalez has told the concierge has told me that there's a great restaurant around the corner they just wander in got it on their phone qr code or whatever it might be 100 percent. uh it's it's just so much more practical um, is to ask a concierge advice um, when building programs like this, just like you would ask a bartender to be around when you're building a back bar, right? Um, so I saw this drawer filled with all these paper promotions, and I'm just like, there's so much. Uh, for Thank you to all these businesses, first of all, that are in the drawer. 
you guys are trying to create a relationship with the concierge. You're so diplomatic. You're, you're, <laughs> making, you're, you're making an effort, which is awesome. Right. Like, and, yeah. and everyone appreciates that. And what I wanted to do was bridge that gap. There was clearly a gap there. All your material was just going in this drawer and just getting lost. Um, so we essentially just took all those promotions, turned into digital ones. Now a concierge just logs in. All of those promotions just live right there on a web page. They click on whichever one they want to use. It sends a text straight to the guest. The guest just presents that to the business and redeems the uh, the reward when they arrive to the business. So, um, I, I think please one of the really smart pieces of the the platform that that um, I really took to is the fact that the guest doesn't have to download anything. Mm. You know, big time come straight in as a text message and it's just ease of use right you know yeah, time is money right and, and it's not invasive it's yeah, just exactly a text. it's, a text. it's like yeah. hey and my the quickest way i can say is like hey bud uh where's just a quick coffee shop or a, a local pub down the street you're like oh mr callum let me hold on let me open the drawer really quick they're like no 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 where, where's your pub where's a good pub i just want to grab a pint like all right head down head down to LaSalle. take a right you'll see noah's pub right across the street ask for chuck and he's like oh perfect that's exactly what i wanted and as the Love guest you, walks away i can say you know mr callum what was your room number and he's like oh i'm in 1012 all right cool i'm gonna text you a complimentary pint on me and he's like yeah sure okay sure bud and he just walks away and then seconds later as he walks out the door he gets that text from me it says my name it says complimentary pint show this to chuck and then it says thanks for staying with us at the gray hotel and it's like holy shit just a completely right. different way yeah. of building brand loyalty like 100 percent. it's that personal interaction too with yeah. your mom everything coming human touch yeah. personal but also timely and ease of use and everything is just more anticipating that that need which do you ah, think with these cocktails idea. to go, you could potentially do, maybe you're already doing it, in a way if someone checks into their room, or makes uh, checks into the hotel, makes the reservation, I should say, they could choose what cocktail they wanted? I love that. That's a brilliant idea. Oh, uh, hey, consider yeah. that give added. Me ten, give me 10%. <laughs> Throw you some shares after this. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that kind of gives you more of that personal autonomy on your stay, your whole adventure into a city and your, um, your enjoyment of the hotel, too. No, I love that idea. That's fantastic. And if you're going to give us shares, can I take my pants off again? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and they can only use Star Wars for that idea. <laughs> no, but, a, but a, a cool part of what we're doing, too, is, and, and again, disrupting the industry is, it's, it's still insane to me that for hotels, there's no platform where all hotels can communicate across to one another, right? Um, so I can't, at the Hyatt, talk to... Bobby at the Hilton, there's no universal system we use, right? Other than like Facebook, right? Which right. obviously is not uh, company appropriate. So what we're building uh, essentially is a community. Um, so now when you log into concierge drawer, you can see who's working. You'll be able to message directly. Oh, great. Um, you know, is Averlauer working? Or, um, excuse me, is Callum working at Noah's Pub? Averlauer's always working, <laughs> baby. So it's like a team or a Slack. Averlauer never sleeps. Like, but you're going all the way across platforms. Exactly. Exactly. So if you're logged in, we can actually see it. And we can actually communicate with you right directly. So, again, we want it to be a place where people can come and communicate, but also see promotions and see ways where we can help a guest. I mean, honestly, both of these ideas, both of these 
just companies, conversations, whatever it is, enterprises. They just sound amazing. So, you know, huge ups to the two of you guys. I know, I mean, we we love this kind of stuff. Like we're always talking about how business, how small businesses could be doing things, extra things to, to pull in the industry and whatnot. So it sounds like you guys are on top of it. Um, well, I think a key phrase you used too was disruptor of the industry. Yeah, man. Yeah, because that's something resting on your laurels in this industry it it doesn't take you very far at all like you can be the big dog one month and next month someone's knocking you down you're in the bucket yeah right because i mean we have what 2300 craft distilleries out there in america that Mm. are producing i mean not all of them but a lot of them are producing some really good whiskey and these big guys know that there's a reason why buffalo trace is investing 1.2 billion dollars into uh you know their heritage foundation whatever sort visitor center even though you can't buy buffalo trace anymore because but somehow they have all this money to spend that's a different story though <laughs> that's crazy um, yeah but yeah they they know like hey we have to keep doing more and you guys will keep bartenders keep bars on their toes keep hotels on their toes about how are we going to be innovative how are we going to attract guests to us and yeah, alongside that, you know, the consistency thing, like the fact that you guys have been doing this for over a year, um, well over a year now, and, you know, it's it's look it looks better than ever. You know, like that cocktail is l- super clean, super slick. Oh, maybe get a photo of that at the end so people can maybe see Maybe I it. will, maybe I won't. Oh, well, there we go. Maybe, maybe you, t- maybe you take to, a photo of it. Maybe I'll take a photo of it, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to um, do. It'll be my, shite. My but. artistic integrity <laughs> cannot be compromised. Uh, the cocktail we're looking at too, folks, this is a... Lilette Blanc, uh, which is a French aperitif with pink grapefruit soda. Ooh. It Ooh. is delicious. Lilette. Effervescent, nice and sweet. Are, um, are you guys still trying to do cocktails on a seasonal basis of matching, obviously, what our palates kind of enjoy from yeah, month to 100%. month? Yeah, 100%. And that's actually how we put out cocktails um, okay. is a seasonal. Um, the next cocktail that uh, Noah actually just came up with, it's a bourbon with black cherry and honey mm. oh, super solid and then the other is uh it's i'm a, taking my pants off yuzu green tea orange yuzu green tea orange with gin, uh, with gin. it's a gin base it's gin delicious base. so no as you've um it's fair to say transitioned out of Pernod. yeah okay I um transitioned out of Pernod. this week was my very first week uh, not at Pernod. congratulations thank hey, you buddy. i Cheers, love this i think one of the biggest things oh, I, yeah I don't, ch- don't, that oh god um <laughs> when Callum was telling me the idea, obviously we stayed in touch and heard a little bit about this from, um, from afar. But I love hearing how people have taken this last year and a half and turned it into an advantage of their life and not sat back and here, here, man. smoked a lot of weed oh, and awesome. ate a lot of potato chips and did really nothing. They've actually seen, seen an outlook of their life where I'm not happy or I'm not where I want to be at a personal standpoint when it comes to business or even just, you know, emotionally inside of your head, taking care of yourself, being healthy and turning that around and really building it to their advantage and using this time as a place to think, um, but not just think, but also innovate and take advantage of it as in putting it to use. I think this year, this past year, you've seen that but then you've also seen the complete opposite. Right, right. You know, like Callum. And, and there's been... <laughs> I put my pants back I mean, I did not, want to, did not want to call him out, but... Man, Everyone, Callum. I have a good view of Callum right now. He looks as dashing as he normally does. <laughs> Man, I sweat through the shirt earlier. Chicago was humid <laughs> as shit. Is that what that smell is? We, were, we went to, um, we to Eta 
to meet up with Gio just oh, to say Gio's hey, Gio. genius oh man he's a legend absolute legend he'll be on the podcast on Monday yeah he will actually will he's he? gonna be on the pod so that'll be Fantastic. that's gonna be funny but that's great, gonna be an episode he's a great guy. yeah incredible guy but um, yeah I left the house today like to go up there and it was absolutely like really humid you know and then when we were coming over here it was like blazing sunshine in the city and then all of a sudden when we were in the hotel I opened the, the curtains here and it was just absolutely blasting it down. Yeah, well, thanks for the weather on. update, but Noah, where were you going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. Uh, I was saying that um, this past year has really shown us, you know, two dichotomies: people mm. that have sort of sat back and done nothing, and you know, as as much as I hate to say it, complained about their life, and right. you know, and then there's been people who have figured out a way to really flourish and have figured out that. You know, they don't want to sit still. They want to be, you know, as we've said, disruptors. I think I think a big part of, you know, chasing a dream, too, is finding good partners, too, man. Yeah. And 100%. I definitely don't want to, you know, I've cry chose, any tears I've, on I've chosen this, the wrong but, uh, route in that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I getting in the fucking neck today? Fuck all you guys. Goes to the Caribbean for two months. Goes to Scotland for six weeks. Sorry for being a fucking jet setter. But yeah, sorry, Bobby. No, but, but to that point, man, um, I, I, Noah and I and, and our partners, we, we all know we have a long way to go and um, we're willing to put in the work. Um, but in between now and then, we know we're going to hold each other accountable. And I, I think that is what is going to eventually make us um, grow uh, to where we want to be. But uh, that is what I think we've all learned. Oh, at least that's what I've learned the most is like as hard as things got, the last two years damn near is we were always pushing each other to either do more or do better or you know not put out shitty work and you know just continue growing and so that's when it comes to partners definitely definitely key how um besides you two how many other people are behind the scenes in this uh we have two other partners um behind the scene on bespoke and then for concierge drawer we have three other partners um at large are we trying to merge the two together in a way? Is that an idea? Uh, no, no, I they're think separate. they're too separate. I think it gets completely tangled when you try to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of curiosity. It's good to know your boundaries, though. I mean, like, no, exactly. I totally yeah. agree. And, but out of curiosity, is um, is there overlap there in the partners? You don't and don't you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, I yes, there <laughs> there are there is uh, some overlap. Yes, yeah. to answer your question. Yes. Okay. And Bobby, one thing I've noticed over the last year or yeah, a little over a year now since we met and coming by a couple of times for dinner or whatever it may be, coming to bottle cocktails, helping you guys out with that. Um, you were talking earlier about how guests checked in and how frustrated they were back last summer, how yep. that experience of checking into a hotel is so different than it was before the pandemic. And I think where we're, we're going now for sure. and don't take this the wrong way. No, no. I can see it in your face, how much more uplifted you are. Oh, big time. Like just it's you just you seem more healthy in the aspect of like i'm optimistic of the future facts and i think we all are to be yeah. honest yeah i i feel very comfortable speaking for you know frontliners in in the service industry yeah. to say like hey it was it was hard it, it was really difficult um you know a little bit of my background everything stopped in march we kept going um, I transitioned to night shift, <laughs> so I worked from 10 until 6 in the morning, swing shifts, etc., um, skeleton crews, uh, you name it. But, but everyone 
that that was you know sharing the same thing in the industry has gone through the same and it was it was hard and it'll continue to be hard but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel right now and um you know leaning on each other for support has been essential picking up others um has been essential and just being that positive uh person around for everybody also not trying to sugarcoat everything too you know like uh, what i've learned is just speak it out when you can because you don't want to hold this stuff in right now oh that, that's very true i think it, uh, going back on noah's point where people are you know just complacent and doing nothing and what you just said right there it's like recognize the darkness go into the darkness but don't live there facts Big come time. out come out of it have a new perspective on life and see what you can do see how you can learn from your mistakes see yeah. how you can learn from you know the sadness or whatever find a way out of it exactly you know, cause yeah there's a, there's a lot of times where you know i was out in the market and it was it was dark you're just like no 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 was, yeah you know it was rough and people oh, were yeah. just down yeah. people were just so down and some people you know, came out of it and yeah. figured out a way to get creative and, you know. Think of all the retail accounts that now do business online. Oh, like, yeah, I have 100%. an app now. I have a website that you can actually order from. You can pick up from here by ordering online. Your, your order is sitting right in the very front of the store and you don't have to interact with anybody. There's all these innovative processes that took place on the on and the off premise. Um, obviously, this being one of them with the cocktails to go and sustaining that. But it is kind of interesting to see how people didn't remove themselves from that. I just remember sitting, I personally, I remember sitting in a parking lot somewhere on the suburbs of Abinis and it was like slushy snow, really cold that day and I'm like wrapped up in three jackets and it's like your fourth account where like you didn't do anything like just like you try to go say hi but they really can't talk to you because based on protocol and you're not going to move any more product they're not going to take anything new in you're, and I just sat there I was like what am, what am I doing with my life <laughs> like literally considering what, do you, what am I doing with my life but then I go home and do a, um, a virtual tasting and I have more virtual tastings lined up and that's where I started to see where I could grow our company, where I could personally grow as a brand ambassador too. And that's where my, my bit, my boss was like, take this over, take this all on yourself and build us as a virtual whiskey distillery by doing classes online. And that's where Damn, I, I didn't know that, man. Yeah. That's and you crushed that. Yeah. I mean, the Calum did the exact same thing where our brands lived online and then we went to my basement in December and argued with Noah about building <laughs> brands online. But it was, it's, it's, it's so cool to see that all these people have pivoted out of that. I mean, it's probably the most overused word of the last 18 months, but I don't mind using it when it's used correctly because so many people did better themselves out of all this. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about a product that's now going internationally when it was started off in a hotel just in the loop of Chicago less than less than a year and a half ago. Thanks, man. I yeah. mean, everything has a beginning. Right. Everyone has to see it that way as like... You have to start, and no finish line, man. Just keep fucking running. Keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's you know, you're essentially like a, a garage business, startup in a garage. A hundred percent. You said a really nice hotel lobby to do it in. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, our bottles come up looking really great, but the process is not glamorous, man. And to celebrate, I'm done. What are you holding there, Calvin? 
This is, um, well, first of all, Noah, thank you so much for bringing, uh, obviously, the Aberlour 10. And then this is the Middleton Very Rare. Mm. It says on it the pinnacle of Irish whiskey. So who knows, really? I mean, the pinnacle of Irish whiskey must be like the basement of Scotch, but whatever. Um, a little, <laughs> little mid-session it's, li- it's the living room of Australian whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a vintage release, bottled in 2017. Wow. Um, I don't know. No age statement? I, I mean, how much was this bottle? How much the, the skin you? Um, two hundred bucks, I think. Oh, nice. So we're drinking some fancy Irish Irish whiskey. Um, I've already got some poured in um, after a couple of Aberlour tents to kind of just sort of set the scene, if you like. Um, so this is eighty proof. Um, and I, I have to admit, it's it's pretty bloody tasty. Is it? <laughs> I'm still I'm still. Toiling, toiling, toiling. I'm allowed 10. But no, I mean, guys, you know, just to sort of wrap up that last bit there. Again, Jake and I, we always talk about this. Like, small businesses, you know, they either either flourished and they changed and they adapted or they died. Um, And to see a small business grow or be born and then grow out of all of this, you know, I think that's the next level up, right? So... We've had tremendous support, though. I I will say, you know, we we put in work, but we've also had, you know, a lot of people behind us like yourselves. So, I mean, obviously, guys, you understand that we're super grateful for uh, you allowing us on your platform to talk more about what we're passionate about from day one, because you guys knew us when we were a bunch of bums. (laughs) Are you calling us bums? Because we we don't have a fucking bespoke cocktail program. (laughs) You could. I tried. No, but and seriously, you got a franchise it's wide open now, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely things that it inspired me to do things. I mean, obviously, we were both working with Danny as a friend, mutual friend of ours, so that was kind of where I was going with him, um, using his bars to rely on that platform. But, uh, you know, an Australian whiskey is not the most well-known thing, and people weren't willing to... Um, I've seen it around a lot more lately. Though. I try real hard. I try yeah. real hard. Honestly, um, I, I've seen it uh, through a lot of uh, friends of mine um, in the industry, especially I, I had a buddy of mine come in recently and I poured some for him and he loved it. Um, so no, it's uh, it's grown since we've met. I, I feel appreciate like. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, not it's about our brands. I mean, for you guys, where do you see this going? Or where oh, do you man. want it to go? We have wild, we have wild dreams, and yeah. I think that's why that's what I like to hear. Uh, we get along because we we this definitely love it. Dream big, dream big, man. Uh, I mean, we we eventually want to be the hotel mini bar beverage. You know, it, it makes sense for for hotels. Um, it makes sense for for restaurants at, at a small scale as well. Uh, we want to be looked at as a brand that's recognized, just like a white claw or high noon or Michelob ultra etc is recognized but i feel like when you look at us you're going to see a story behind it mm-hmm. uh which sometimes you just don't always see and it's a changing and, story and it's as well, well it's a that's brand new story say, every right? month you it's know? not just a one story fits all right right these these cocktails are so custom to every single account that every single account has its own story hmm which is so dope and right. we'll get some ownership of the account to be a part of your brand part of your company you know some accounts to give you perspective we don't even put our our name on you know on the label we don't we don't have our name on it because we want you to feel like it's yours you know which it is but we want it to be fully branded and customized for you um to give you an idea awesome Cal, any final thoughts just guys you're killing it 
um, massive congratulations. Thank you so much for putting in this effort and not for, like we said before, for not just sitting in the darkness, like looking for a way out, you know. Um, I personally have seen, obviously, the the, the beginnings of this, uh, the middle, and then hopefully I'll get to see the glorious rise um, to the, you know, sky's the limit. But until then, you know, slancha for a me. Lo- a long, deep horizon. Thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Any, anytime. Thanks for the... The, yeah, the whiskey, whiskey. <laughs> you know, and thank you for the putting drams. up. Th- thank you for putting up with me just in my pant, like you know, my pant, <laughs> pantless legs. Yeah, well, Calum, you put your pants back on. We truly try to make you comfortable. Um, I'm gonna get out from underneath the covers. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first Keen Lake podcast under the covers. <laughs> good, good night.